Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, parents. Glad to be back with you. Tim Wright here along with Dr. Michael Green. I'm coming to you from Phoenix, Arizona. Michael's coming to you from Spokane, Washington. And uh, we're really excited to be with you once again to talk about important stuff, the sacred work of parenting. And uh, Michael, how are things up there in Spokane today? Uh, Yeah, pretty good. Our sun's out. We've gone through our massive Arctic uh thing we have where it's like minus four you know it's kind of minnesota weather wow uh, we've gone through that and then we came out with with uh about seven more inches of snow but then it it went to 40 degrees and within like 12 hours you know about half that snow had melted uh so it's just crazy crazy weather so now the sun is out and we are smiling at the blue sky well no snow here in phoenix <laughs> uh, we don't get it very often but no snow but uh, I've had a couple of chilly bike rides of late, getting up early in the morning. It was 34 degrees a couple of days ago in the morning, and that's a cold bike ride. Wow. Uh, so thankfully, I have, I have the, uh, the gear to wear to keep me warm. So yeah. uh, we've got a, a question today from one of our listeners, and we're going to tackle it. And it has to do with Islands of Confidence, which is um, one of the things I know you're really passionate about when it comes to our kids, resiliency and Islands of Confidence. And uh, before we do that, I want to give a shout out, uh, as we always do, to our sponsors. A big thanks to Greg Jantz, Dr. Greg Jantz, and his team up there in the Seattle area, a center of place of hope where it really is a place of hope. They provide one of the best clinics in the country uh, for a lot of different issues, eating disorders, anxiety, uh, depression. Uh, in fact, I think they were voted one of the top 10 in the country when it came to treating depression. So it's a place that you want to know about if you ever need that kind of help. The Center of Place of Hope or uh, Dr. Greg's uh, amazing library of books that he's written on almost any emotional, mental, or physical topic you can think of. He's written a book about it. And uh, you can learn more about them at wonderofparenting.com, wonderofparenting.com, along with our other friends, the Forge School. Michael, the Forge yep. School. Yep, Forge School. Embark at the Forge. Uh, if you go to our wonderofparenting.com website, click the Forge School, it'll take you over to their beautiful site, um, all their services. They're, they're, I was just talking with them, and uh, they're focusing. Uh, so it's boys 14 to 17. It's residential treatment for boys 14 to 17. So they they come for a couple months. They live there. Uh, they get treatment. And they're focusing a lot on on boys who are depressed and anxious now. Mm. Um, there's just so much, you know, yeah. as you and I have talked about over, over the last two years and already growing trends and so much. So now they're really focused in that area. But they help with, uh, you know, if you go to the website, they'd help with many, many issues that uh, 14 to 17 year old boys could be looking at. Yeah, and you can learn more about them again at uh, wonderofparenting.com, wonderofparenting.com, and uh, really a wonderful place uh, to keep in mind for your sons if you ever need it. So we have uh, a question that has come to us from one of our listeners. 
Uh, and uh, she's done a really nice job of giving us some background. And I, w- I want to include all of that. So the, the question's a little bit longer, but I think there's some really important stuff in there that uh, a number of you parents are really going to resonate with. Uh, she starts it out, and you don't have to do this, but she tells us how great we are, really. She starts out. I, so I'm going to just skip that part and say thank you for thank listening. You. And uh, and uh, we're, we're just delighted that you find it helpful. Uh, so here's her question. And again, it's, it's a little, it's um, an extensive question, but all of it's really important. We've been trying to find an extracurricular activity that our recently turned six-year-old son might enjoy, but have struggled getting him to willingly participate in anything. A little background. He is extremely shy around unfamiliar adults, but very social with other children, and anxious about any new situation. Also, he seems to have very low self-esteem and a bit of a perfectionistic attitude in that he doesn't immediately succeed at an activity. He becomes angry and frustrated and refuses to take part any further. As an example, we had him try. Uh, we had him. Uh, we had tried him in a local toddler sports program when he was three, and then again at age four. Both times were failures. We brought him to all of the sessions, thinking eventually the tears would subside, and seeing how much fun the other kids were having, he would join in. But he stubbornly sat on the bench for the full forty-five minute session, five weeks in a row. Now give that kid credit. That's chutzpah. Right. He's, yeah. he's determined to, to, to be stubborn. That's that's something. <laughs> uh, the same thing happened for a preschool program, a soccer program and recently T-ball. For safety reasons, we have a pool. We did force him to take swimming lessons. And although it took him three classes of crying on the edge of the pool and all manner of positive reinforcement, read bribery, <laughs> uh, he eventually participated and it turned out to be a truly gifted swimmer. I've heard you mention on the podcast many times about finding a child's island of confidence and thinking that I had found his in swimming. I enrolled him in our school's district, our school district swim team this year. As expected, he resisted the idea, but realizing that no matter the activity, he would react the same way. This time we put our foot down and made him try it. We tried gentle encouragement at first, explaining all the details of what would happen when he was there explaining that the coaches were the same teachers he had for his lessons, etc. But when all else failed, we eventually used the consequence of taking away device TV time to get him to participate. He did reluctantly go to the first couple of practices. However, because he is tall and muscular for his age and has advanced swimming skills, they placed him in with much older kids who have more experience on the team. The coaches in this group bark orders that are difficult for him to understand, and he is terrified and hating the experience. Every practice, it's a struggle to get him to go, and no matter uh, and no amount of bribery works. Physically, he can handle the challenge. So my husband and I feel he just tr- uh, he just trudges on. Uh, let me start that again. Physically, he, yeah. He, yeah, he can handle the challenge. So my husband and I feel that if he just trudges on, he will eventually make some friends and become more comfortable with the coaches and the practice atmosphere. In the end, realizing he does have the strength to overcome those initial challenges and experience success, hopefully building his confidence. We're concerned if he's allowed to continue to avoid uncomfortable situations out of fear, it will continue to be a pattern in the long term. However, His grandparents feel that we're traumatizing him by forcing him to finish the season, and this negative experience will make him even more reluctant to try new activities in the future. That eventually he will mature enough to want to participate on his own, and we should wait for that moment. 
So all that to say, the bottom line question is how hard should you push a reluctant child into trying a new activity? Will it cause trauma to force them into it? Or will it build resiliency once they have completed the season or term of the activity and realize it wasn't as bad as they thought and may have actually enjoyed it? Or perhaps you have other suggestions for handling the situation that uh, are potentially less traumatic. Thank you so much for your input. So um, a lot of stuff in there. And I'm guessing there are a number of parents who are nodding their heads as they listen to that, thinking, yeah, I've got a, a son, I've got a daughter, same kind of challenges. So let's start as we always do, Michael. What are your initial thoughts on reading that email? And then we'll dig deeper. Okay. Um, <clears throat> one initial thought is I think it's it's too bad that the the child is in the group where mm-hmm. the coaches are not a fit. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're operating more in maybe in a kind of a team that they want to build into something competitive. And mm-hmm. so they're nurturing the team's competitiveness in that way, which may well be a fit for the older kids, the nine, 10 year olds who also want to be very successful in this, but not a fit for the six year old. Right. Uh, he, it's not his intention. So it's the wrong. So I do wish that they could find a different swim team for him. Um, and I think that's the immediate solution to this, this problem, since he has shown that he does, he's okay with the swimming, (laughs) let's say he he likes the swimming and he's good at the swimming. So his self-esteem is going to keep getting boosted. You know, the more he does the thing he's good at, and that's an Island of competent. And I actually call them islands of competence, but I like the islands of confidence. I think that's really great. I might change it. Um, I'm thinking Island of competence because that's Mm -hmm. when we find the areas where our kids are competent, then that is an automatic builder of what people call self-esteem, you know, self-worth, self-development. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. So so that's my initial thought about that. So if they can find yep. another one. Um, along that same, uh, well, switching to this child's personality. So this child is a shy and somewhat anxious child and taking in new things. That's going to be in the personality. If, However, it does not sound like the child has a social anxiety disorder. So I'm going to make suggestions based on this child not having right? Social anxiety as a disorder. If the parents and grandparents, if people think, hmm, you know, maybe we should get this child checked for a social anxiety disorder, then that, you know, then things are going to be handled a different way. But in giving advice, I'm going to say this is just kind of a shy, as she has described, a shy boy of six, um, uh, introverted, shy boy of six who 
tends to get anxious when trying new things, not sure he'll fit in and, and has um, some of that perfectionism on his genetics, mm-hmm. which means he's going to have some fear of failure, fear of inadequacy, um, you know, kind of laden into all this. And so he just kind of convinces himself going in, he's not going to be good at it. And it's, this is all happening unconsciously. And he just goes, I'm not going to go do that. <laughs> you know, if he, if he knew he was going to be good at it, um, he would tend to go into it as he does with swimming. He was fine with doing that, you know, because it's an island of competence for him. So in terms of the third thing I'll say in terms of bottom line with a six-year-old is the, there is nothing wrong with trying to get him to keep doing something. The trauma is a word that, I mean, I know what the grandparents are saying. They're saying he's in distress and they don't like to see him in that distress. And, and so, yeah, everyone has to follow their instincts there. Actually, if they see him in so much distress that it's impeding his development, you know, then maybe it gets to the point of, of trauma. Um, But but saying to a kid, you have to go do this activity and, you know, we're going to sit there with you. And even if you sit on the bench, you know, we're you're, that's not trauma. That's not traumatizing his brain. Um, so so I wouldn't use the word trauma, but he is he is in distress. Mm. And um, so it could well be. OK, the last thing I'll say before you dig into me, the last thing I'll say is it could well be that that a different model ought to be used with this guy at six so I use a model of to, to, to know that you're raising your child, you know, your child is healthy. Let's say, look at three things. Make sure the child is in some physical activity that gives this child an hour or two of exercise a day. That could be, you know, there can be recess involved in that, et cetera, and the swimming. Um, or maybe the child runs or, take, you know, always make sure that that's the physical. The second is the social emotional and the third is the cognitive. So the cognitive is going to be school. The child's in school. I see no indication this child is doing badly or anything in school. Right. So school, that's the academic cognitive. And then the physical is going to be one or two hours of exercise a day um, doing something. And then the social emotional is, you know, does this child have friends? Does this child relate with other people? If the ch- if the child is doing one, f- you know, physical or getting that kind of physical and is fine, social, emotional, has friends, plays with kids. Um, and uh, and is doing fine in the cognitive, then I would say, don't worry about it. You know, mm-hmm. wait a year uh, to to force this kid into things, you know, wait a year um, and just let him develop to where maybe his his body is a fit for what the older kids are doing, you know, or 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 his mind, you know, he matures and and he's done more things in school and with other kids for a year that he gets a little less shy and, and is a little more willing to participate. So uh, strategically, uh, I guess those are some things I, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Really uh, uh, helpful stuff. Again. So he's six years old. We want to keep that in mind. He's six years old. So he's probably first grade, maybe would that be about right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if he went to kindergarten uh, at five. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And uh, probably still trying, you know, at this point, six years old, he's not going to necessarily find that one thing or two things that he's really good at. He's still experimenting. He's just a kid. Um, I, I, it, it triggered for me when, as you were talking, 
what they're trying, what it sounds like they're trying to do with this child, which makes perfect sense, is get him involved in some sort of team sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, we don't know how he's doing with his friends or not, but um, sometimes, you know, I look at myself, I, I wasn't necessarily good at any team sport. I enjoyed playing basketball with the guys, but I was the bench sitter. Um, where I found my, I'll say joy, I wouldn't necessarily say I was great at it, but where I found my joy as an adult was exercising alone. I I loved going out for runs on my own. Uh, I trained for marathons and I ran one with my brothers, but otherwise I ran my marathons by myself. I didn't mind running uh, 26 miles for five hours by myself. You know, I was just, that was my groove. That was my time. I go on bike rides by myself. I don't have a need to do group bike rides like a lot of people. So um, I think in part, what I heard you saying was if his friendships are okay in other areas, maybe there's a different way of getting exercise that doesn't necessarily involve a team sport. Yeah. With this personality, this kind of shy and, and he gets anxious going into, you know, team sports are overstimulating for him. And, and especially with this personality at six, you know, his, uh, he's got to mature into this and uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, it, yeah, because for the health of the child, you know, this is a, the, the questions they're asking are really great questions because it's the parental instinct to put kids into these things so that the kids, you know, are challenged and make Mm -hmm. friends and, and all, and, and learn success strategies and all of that is true. I mean, their instincts are really good. Um, at the same time, for his particular personality, this may not be a match now. So then we go to, okay, what what is the health need of the child? Maybe, you know, and so that's where I, that's why I say cognitive, social, mm-hmm. emotional, and physical. And so the parents can feel better, I think, if they say, okay, we are going to make sure that this child is healthy and we're going to wait a year to put him into these, these challenges and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and kind of be over this period of a year, helping him to understand, okay, part of why you go through this is your perfection. Part of it is you get overstimulated, you know, part of it is so to kind of gradually get him to kind of help him grow up and understand himself and, uh, the challenges that he'll face in those situations. Um, you know, then they try again, and I'm sure they'll try again. And then if they, and if if it, if it gets to the point where it's so much distress that it's trauma, of course they're gonna. They already know that. Like they already have pulled them out of certain things. So they're they're mm-hmm. smart. They have great instincts with this guy. Um, yeah. And then if they get to a point where they, they may get to a point where they realize like maybe he's seven now. He's eight. He's nine. And they go, oh, you know, he's just never gonna play team sports. <laughs> it's just never gonna happen for this kid. Right. And by the way, there's a lot of kids like that, which is kind of what you're inferring. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm glad you reiterated he's six. Yeah. So this is not an emergency. If he does not do these things now, there's no emergency for him. So, you know, if if he really is a good swimmer, uh, I suppose just hiring, maybe they hire a personal coach and he comes over to the kid's house once a week and he just teaches them how to swim. Maybe he just doesn't like swimming with other kids or doesn't like the competition at that level at this point. And maybe his Island of confidence competence isn't going to be in team sports. As you're saying, it might be, maybe he's a chess player. Maybe he's likes to build Legos. Maybe he's a debate, a debate champion. Um, So it doesn't have to be sports that becomes his, his Island of competence. Although it does sound like he's a good swimmer. And that may end up being an area, but perhaps it's not the team sport right now that works for him. 
Yeah, and and they're they're um they have to how do I say it? I think they're already thinking this. They they have to weigh things, right? They know they've mm-hmm. found an island of competence for him, which is swimming. He's good at it. Right. They know that. So they wanted to put him into this other situation where he would advance that competence, right? Develop more yep. skill. And that that was really smart. At the same time, they may have to say to themselves, now wait a minute, if we if he has such a bad experience mm-hmm. with this island of competence, he's going to give up the whole island of confidence. Like he's not going to want to do any uh, advancement in swimming. Right. So that they have to weigh that and say, let's protect. It's possible that what they'll say, we're not there, but it's possible what they'll say is, okay, let's protect that island of confidence. And, and uh, so I'm actually sort of waiting away, giving logic to justify what you said. Let's protect the island of confidence, get a tutor uh, or a coach, sorry, a swim coach, uh, let him have his friends over to swim, et cetera, and show off to them because he's such a good swimmer, which is all great. And then, um, but pull him out of this thing where he's where it's going to destroy the bad experience. And the logic there, I think, responds to her question about, you know, how do we find the islands of competence? Um, if we find it, we don't want it to be ruined. So yeah. that's something to think about. We don't want it to be ruined. Um, and so I think it's possible that they need to do what you're saying, you know, do it in a different way and Mm -hmm. take him out of this team that is just not developmentally appropriate for him. I don't think. Yeah, And it it sounds like that's to come back to the grandparents. That's a little bit what the grandparents are, are saying. Hmm. And perhaps there's some wisdom there. Not, not that he's going to be traumatized, but that he is experiencing such displeasure uh, or dis-ease with the process of being on that team that he may just, as you said, get to a point where he loves to swim, but he just doesn't want to swim anymore because it's just too, uh, too stressful for him. And maybe he's going to do better at home. So I guess that does lead Mm -hmm. to the question. Um, and, and this is where it becomes not a science, but an art. Um, how do parents sort of navigate that? Because on the one hand, you don't want your kids to give up easily. I know that we've talked before on this podcast, you know, one of the things we want to teach our kids, if you make a commitment to something, you're going to stick to it. And so if you want to be on that baseball team, you're going to be in that baseball team for the whole season. But in this case, it almost sounds like the parents are signing him up for this thing, not him saying, I want to be a part of it. Um, how do you sort of find that balance between pushing kids, try things, give it a shot, and then saying, all right, this this isn't necessarily for my son and my daughter at this point in his or her life and pull back Mm -hmm. step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChampaCasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, a lot of it is going to have to be instinct. The parental yep. instincts, they're attuned to their child, and um, and and part of their parental instincts have to apply to developmental to the child's developmental era, you know, um, this child is six. So with a yeah, six-year-old yeah. child, our instincts, let's say, can be, okay, we don't need to push this child into anything. You know, you don't need to push a six-year-old, again, except for physical health, mm-hmm. social, emotional development, and cognitive development. You know, yeah. those, that's the baseline of, uh, for any child, but in terms of this question, that's the baseline for a six-year-old for sure, because um, there's just no real gain by forcing a six-year-old to do things, you know, mm-hmm. except for got to go to school, you know, the three <laughs> I talked about, got to yeah. get exercise. So, so some of the instincts have to be around what the where the child's development is, and the the parents are attuned to the child, and then and then some of it is the the group. And we've talked about this before that kids, right, are raised in a three family system and these folks have the grandparents around. So this is great. Uh, you have a meeting, you know, I mean, I, I think the way to hone our instincts as parents partly is to have these meetings with the other people who care about the child and to say, OK, what do you think? You know, and then everyone gets together and ultimately the mom and the dad do have the final say. Sure. But ultimate but their parental instincts can get informed by all this other wisdom and um and they can and then what they'll end up needing to do is sorting through the question that she brought up about resilience because if they if they get to where their parental instincts become uh okay we're going to take him off this team because it's not appropriate for him they're going to still have the unresolved question of well but is he not learning resilience right right and so let's let's talk about that because a because good parents are parents that want their kids to become resilient, right? Yes. Uh, so I applaud them. So, so this is this is where um, uh, I want to say a few things about resilience. One, kids get it; they do get it by meeting challenges, right? Mm-hmm. But they don't have to meet that challenge. Um, so right. let's just make sure they have other challenges in their lives. You know, in the cognitive, um, social, emotional, and physical. And and something that hits me for these folks is maybe not now, but maybe when he's seven, um, uh, try martial arts for him. Mm. Um, Very, that's very small group. Uh, If he's good at swimming, he's good with his body. You know, he's probably got some good coordination and that's a little more, you can be a little more a loner. Um, You can do martial arts as a shy kid. You can do it in your own room. You learn katas, then you do it in your own room. Um, and you meet challenges that way without having to be overstimulated, you know, and fearing the overstimulation of the large group. Uh, so so their instincts maybe, you know, let's move those instincts toward, OK, what would be something that fits him? Mm-hmm. And I just wonder if it's p- possible swimming. They should always stay with swimming is great. We know that's already. And maybe find something at martial arts that's not as big group, because I think their instincts are going to f- see with this guy, I could well be wrong, but I think, you know, they're going to see if they force him into this stuff at seven, these big groups at seven, at eight, he may still not be a fit for them. Maybe in adolescence he will, but for a few years now, he may not be. Yeah. Um, 
This is such good stuff because I, I probably every parent has something where their kids have said, I'm, I'm just not doing that. And oh, we yeah. think it's really good for them. Uh, and I certainly remember with my, especially my son, um, who really wanted to try sports, but because of his asthma and stuff, everything was just really difficult for him. And, um, and having to sort of, you know, okay, you, you made a commitment to this. Yeah, but I can't breathe when I'm done and trying to walk through all that. Every parent goes through it in some way. One of the thing, interesting things she brought up, and we'll kind of close with this, is bribing. Bribing our <laughs> yes. kids. We've all or, done that. <laughs> yeah. Or, or the, uh, you know, the carrot and the stick thing. You know, if you don't do this, then we're going to take away your, your uh, video games and so on and so forth. Um, and I, I don't think you're ever going to say, don't ever do those things. That's just, it's, you know, kind of <laughs> a normal part of parenting. But um, this is a situation, again, where it almost sounds like the parents have asked him or sort of cajoled him into doing these things, maybe against his will, versus a child who has said, I really want to be a part of the dance club. And then two weeks in said, no, I'm not interested in that anymore. So where where do you, where does the role of um, carrot and stick or bribery, where does that come in with our kids in terms of keeping commitments or keeping them engaged with something and helping them work through perhaps some resistance they might have to try to get them to the other side? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm going to say a couple of things. One is that if the child is meeting commitments, if the child has made commitments and is meeting those commitments in five areas, but now in the sixth area, the child has made a commitment and then two or three weeks in says, you know, I don't like this. I think that's fine. Mm -hmm. I'm not worried about that one. I think, you know, Okay, try bribery if you want, because the parents want him to be in that. You know, sometimes yeah. the sport the parents played, they want their son to be in or daughter, yeah. et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. Try bribery if you want. But if he's if he's doing well commitment-wise in these other five areas, school, he's doing his homework, you know, school. Um, uh, like you said, chess. Okay, maybe he's learning chess. Okay, that shows commitment with grandma or grandpa. Um, uh, he swims. We'll use this guy. He swims. Okay, he, he does that every day. So clearly he has discipline. Uh, self-discipline, you know, um, and so there's a number, whatever the others are, but he doesn't want to, he doesn't, he thought he wanted to do ballet and he doesn't want to do ballet or we as parents put him into something and mm -hmm. he doesn't want to do that thing. That's the sixth thing. He has already proven to us that he meets commitments, that he's building resilience, you know, all of those things we wanted for him to get from these activities. He's proven it to us. So right. I'm okay with him not, uh, you know, try bribery once. And then if it doesn't work, you know, let that one go. I would, I would more worry about, and I think we need more bribery for the one who isn't, has not proven to us that he meets commitments. Um, and, and, you know, is not doing his schoolwork is not doing his chores, um, is, is not getting any physical exercise, uh, told his friend he would come over and did not go over there, you know, because he made a mm -hmm. commitment. He didn't meet the commitment. That's the one I worry about. So for parents, if it's the sixth thing, I wouldn't you know, worry about the commitment thing. But if it's the if he's if it's the one thing, mm -hmm. then yeah, then you force him into this because you're saying to him, you have not proven to us that you can meet commitments. And so you are going to meet this commitment. Um, uh, so does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And so um, th there is sort of a a, a little bit of a difference between saying, if you don't do this, we're going to take away your screen time versus 
the way you're going to get screen time is you're going to earn it by proving that you can keep commitments, right? Mm, one beautiful. sort of a, one's kind of a, you know, a, a punishment and one is more of a reward. Is there a difference in the end uh, <laughs> in, in how those work? Does one work better than the other or, or does it just depend on the kid? <laughs> uh, I, I think it depends on the kid. I mean, from the, at the ideal you know, we all wish we were doing the latter all the time, you know, yeah. um, uh, but we've all done the former. And and I <laughs> yeah. think that, you know, these do not cause trauma to the child. So uh, they're just part of our parenting style. They're part of mm -hmm. the, the strategies we try because parenting is a lot of trial and error. We try the strategy. Doesn't work. We try something else. Um, uh, so I think that they're, both are going to happen. Um, I think that taking the device. Uh, the second way is better, but I think both are going to happen. I think that which the one that you choose, to some extent, it might depend on uh, whether the child has already proven commitments in other areas. You know, then then maybe don't even do this. Or if you're going to choose one, then choose the second one and not the more kind of authoritarian first one. But if the child has not proven that he's meeting commitments and developing resilience in, in any other way, like, like for instance, if a child is not doing his chores, that's, that's to me, um, emblematic of something, mm -hmm. you know, it's emblem. It could be emblematic that the parents aren't asking him to do chores, which I think is wrong. I think all children should do chores to support their family. Um, it could be that. Okay. But let's say it's not that let's say the parents have set up some chores for the child and the child's not doing them that's emblematic. Then parents can use that and say, okay, you're not proving you can meet commitments. And so you don't get your devices till you do your chores. That, that is how I would see it used. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been really, again, fascinating stuff. I, every parent can relate at some level at some point in their lives with this kind of stuff. So thank you for your insights and thank you for the question. Uh, if you've got questions for us, you can, uh, you can get them to us in two ways. One, you go to wonderparenting.com and there's a submission form and you just type in your question that goes directly to Michael and then he passes it along to me and I get back to you and say, hey, we've got it in the queue and we'll get at it. Or you can post questions on our Facebook page at Wonder Parenting and we may or may not answer them on the podcast, but there are going to be a lot of parents who are going to interact with you with really good advice. And uh, I, I'm always blown away by the really good stuff and the resources that uh, parents are sharing with each other on that Facebook group. So it's a really good group. Uh, you just hit the join button. I'll let you in as soon as I get the notification and you can be a part of that. So uh, we're going to be back with you again next uh, week. Uh, looking forward to it. Michael, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Wonder of Parenting podcast. Have a good week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.